0: This is a story about a dude named Lane. He moved to the mainland and bought one place to stay. And then one day he went, and tried to rent them out. And then he became one real investor man. All right, welcome everybody. This is going to be the March 2021 monthly market update. But before we get going through the content here, I had a lot of questions on some of the current events that have been taking place, especially in Texas out there where the temperatures got into the single digits there for a little bit. Yeah. We've got a lot of assets owned, maybe half a dozen apartments out there. And uh, we just finally got chugged through most of the aftermath and yeah, there are a lot of burst pipes and a lot of leaks, but everyone was freaking out. Yeah. We had some issues called the plumber and they got fixed. Damages on most of our apartments are hundred to 250 units. But the damages came back at maybe five grand to 20 grand per property, which seems like a heck of a lot of money hurt the monthly profits, but really not touching cash reserves and yeah, it's a bummer it happened. But you know, just kind to think here for five to $20,000 on a lot of these properties where the monthly revenue is a hundred to $200,000 through, you know, just take a thousand bucks times a hundred, 200 units, 250 units. That's how we get 100 to 200 grand brought in. Five to 20 grand is not that much money. It's probably about 10 to maybe 20% of that. And normally the net operating income, the profit that we bring in is usually in the 50 dollars to $100,000 range. We still made money, but I think those of you guys who are into the turnkey rentals, you guys probably understand with your turnkey rental, maybe you're bringing in $100 a month. That's a $100 to $200 repair bill. On the same magnitude that we have i think that's why we like the bigger assets because on a lot of these um, we did have one where the chiller got a little damaged no big deal there but for the most part it's just a bunch of plumbing issues which a lot of it got taken care of with in-house staff that's the nice thing about with these bigger properties where we have a lot of the staff on call that we pay on salary as opposed to paying those huge third-party repair bills and that's what I never really liked about being an out-of-state remote landlord. I've paid like 900 bucks to repair a stinking toilet. I don't know, at a 100 to $200 hourly bill of parade, that's a lot of hours to fix a toilet. I don't think that. But that's how it is as an out-of-state landlord. But yeah, you, you guys who are lower net worth, I'd say you still got to start there. That's where I started. But make sure you guys run your numbers right. If you guys haven't yet, grab a hold of my buy-and-hold analyzer. It's in Excel or Google Sheet format, full experience explanation of all the expenses on to make your own performer so in case the texas freeze happens again you'll be able to absorb it on your monthly cash flow and, it, and like for us it didn't really dip into cash reserves and this is what allows you to perform your sensitivity analysis on your own so to grab that go to simplepassivecashflow.com analyzer or we also put it on the simplepassivecashflow.com turnkey page for folks to grab for free But we'll get right into this month's report. If you haven't yet, please join our Facebook group and check us out. This is also recorded in podcast form on the podcast. And I also put the slides up on YouTube. So if you guys are listening on the podcast and you want to, you're feeling some FOMO for missing out on some of the slides you can check it out there. For those who are joining live, feel free to put in a question into the box if there's a question that comes out, but we'll start off with a few teaching points here. I just grabbed this out of a Newmark report recently, and this models the interest rates, which in yeah, all time lows, once again, uh, maybe it's been creeping up this first quarter, but still pretty much as low as it's ever been. And the cap rates on multifamily, and that's this is just a general cap rate for all markets, all asset classes, so the important thing, what I want to show here is, everybody asks, when is it time to buy? It's always a good time to buy when you're cash, but as investors, what we do is we're basically making money on the spread between the cap rate and the interest rate. So right now cap rates are at 5.8% on average. And the 10 year treasury is at a 0.93. Investors make money on the spread. And then of course we apply leverage, good, healthy leverage. On top of that, to magnify those returns, look, what's been happening these last few months, the spread between the cap rate and the interest rates is a lot bigger than normal. Some of the squeeze points at times where it wasn't a great place to be investing was mid 2018. As you can see by the chart, there was a bit of a squeeze there, or maybe in the between 2006 and 2007, there was, there was also a squeeze there. But the times where the spread widens, now that's the time to invest, like mid-2012 here and right now. But that's your academic look of how investing works essentially. And this is what a bank does. They go and invest in arbitrage the money somewhere else, and they take on debt but good debt to be able to hold on to the asset that cash flows. A lot of good news have been happening, and I saw the last market update, Jim Rickards, John Burns, a lot of these guys are putting giving the green light But I wanted to report on, as I mentioned in the previous slide, long-term interest rates have been creeping up just a tad this first quarter of the year. Now, 10- and 30-year Treasury yields have been running up the start of 2021. That's where we're, conservatives using like a 3.5% as a placeholder for our commercial deals these days. I don't really know what people are getting for residential, maybe around 3%, but it's been creeping up lately. Now, just a little bit of... If you guys have been following the news on January 4th, the yield on 10 year treasury note was a 0.93 and the 30 year treasury yield was 1.66. A month later, the 10 year treasury came up to 1.19 and the 30 year treasury came up to 1.96. Now that's a big move for just a five week, one month period. Bonds have been getting killed in that, in term. Now what's driving these changes? The Democrats now hold the House of representatives the state and the White House. And if you look back and how the stuff was moving when the Georgia Senate runoff was happening and tipped the scale to the Senate, going to the Democrats, the markets reacted by expecting massive fiscal stimulus because typically the Democrats do spend more money. And the US Treasury expected to bring massive amount of bonds to the market for a fairly short period of time. Now, what does this mean? I, I look at it, this is all good for investors like us because ultimately more government spending means that it trickles to us, landlords and investors. This is what is essentially driving up yields or the cap rates on the short term, because as I said in the previous slide, cap rates typically go up when interest rates go up. They float together. Investors make money on the difference between the cap rate and interest rate, plus the leverage which magnifies the difference. So in other words, sophisticated investors know that cap rates typically go up and down with interest rates. They don't really freak out when these types of movements happen. Now the economy is continuing to reopen more and more. And I think Biden just released another stimulus plan to hopefully get a lot more people vaccinated by the end of April. So all good news pointing to a big recovery. And I've been seeing a lot of Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac reports. And we'll get into this later on in the report, but a lot of these guys are saying that Q3, Q4 GDP growth should be over four to 5%. Uh, Here's one of those reports right here from Fannie Mae. You look at 2021, they're predicting a 4.8% GDP growth in Q2, Q3, 7.5, and Q4, 6.1. So that's big stuff. Probably what that's accounting for is personal consumption expenditure is big in Q3 of 2020. A lot of people think inflation is coming. I don't necessarily agree that even though logically that makes sense. I think they can just keep printing money. But even if inflation does happen, right? Like by buying fixed commodities, hard assets like real estate, you're hedging that way. We work with hardworking professionals looking to opt out of investments for the clueless. I mean mainstream investing. We work with people we have a direct relationship while enjoying higher returns and a quicker path to financial freedom. I personally move my endorsement from turnkey rentals to syndications as my net worth has grown. However, the downside of many of these deals is that you need at least $50,000 to invest and the frequency of deals that meet my criteria is sporadic. Check out my article at simplepassivecashflow.com slash OFUND and learn how I always have cash on hand by using the American Home Preservation Fund as part of this one-two punch to be ready for a great deal while still making a double-digit return. I have been investing in HP since 2016. AHP is a crowdfunding solution to the mortgage crisis in America, where collectively, the fund and investors, like you, pull their money together and get great bulk discounts on distressed mortgages. It's a business model that I think gets stronger should a bump in the economy come, because this is where there will be even more distressed inventory for AHP to purchase. The American Home Preservation Fund aims to keep people in their homes so you can make a 10% return while making a positive social impact invest in as little as hundred dollars by going to ahpservicing.com investors and if you want the free burn zone book and learn about george newberry's story please send me an email at lane at i like to buy stuff well that's a liability facebook plans expansion to the huntsville data center project price could top 1 billion dollars of development Ongoing construction. This is their construction in February 2021. And they announced this back in June 2018. So you can see how long these projects take to get in there. But Facebook is definitely committed, it seems to be by this picture, that they're going to put that big data center in Huntsville, Alabama. Here's another chart that I found from V of A Global Research. And it shows the different models of COVID cases coming down. And basically the news has been getting better and better the van line report has been released and this is it's very similar to the u-haul report the u-haul report models there's a great indicator for the blue-collared workers the budget folks who have to move themselves where the van lines is more your white collar workers where if you're a corporate worker you have to get moved relocated the, the van line is typically who's going to move you so the top 10 on the moving out list in this order was new jersey new york illinois connecticut California, Kansas, North Dakota, Massachusetts, Ohio, and Maryland. Obviously, New Jersey, New York, uh, California, people, everybody, everything, everybody knows that at this point that everyone's getting the heck out of town. Illinois, if you haven't heard that, everybody's getting the heck out of Illinois. That state's going down really fast. What are the states moving in? It is Idaho, South Carolina, Oregon, South Dakota, Arizona, North Carolina, Tennessee, Alabama. Florida, Arkansas. And again, this is the more white-collar worker folks. Freddie Mac flags robust growth in the South and West. So they cited three Texas cities grew by a combined total of 2.8 million people from 2010 to 2019. And I think we all know what they are. The Dallas, Houston, and Austin grew by 2.8 million people. Why? Lower cost of living, attractive weather, influx of domestic and international migrants. Howard Hughes, one of the biggest uh, master plan community developers, is adding 2 million square feet of new development across four master plan communities in Las Vegas, Cyprus, Texas, Columbia, Maryland, and Honolulu, Hawaii. It's always interesting to see what the big institutional money, these guys pour a lot of money into research and because they're making big bets on whether they're building. Of course, we as more mom and pop investors be a little bit more nimble but it's good to whale watch what these guys are up to another guy you want to definitely will watch on a more macro sense is sam zell uh, if you don't know who that is you better know who it is because right below warren buffett this guy is the guy who kind of picks se- certain sectors not necessarily good management companies or Like how Warren Buffett does, but Sam Zell definitely is a better picker of sectors, in my opinion. So his commentaries, he expects a rebound for office, hospitality, and big city multifamily. Chicago, he's a native of Chicago. I guess he's not moving out. He doesn't. He has a lot of money. Doesn't care. But uh, he doesn't. Not so much. By permanent shifts stemming from COVID-19 pandemic, office use, hospitality, and central city apartments will all rebound, while the industry icon sees potential for oversupply in a couple of certain currently hot sectors. Says, I think we're going to go back to conventions, back to people creating relationships. I don't see that changing, although we'll restart slowly. There's also a huge buildup of tourism demand. People have been locked up for almost a year, which I would agree personally. Yeah, I think you don't say it very much, but a lot of folks in this pandemic were hurt by you know, the things being shut down. But a lot of white collar folks are just totally unimpacted and they just got a few stimulus checks to on top of that. So Arbor put out a few of these great charts that I put up on the screen, just modeled how did the COVID-19 recession relate to the great recession? So if you look here, the green line, it, Basically, if I'm going to describe this for the folks listening on the podcast, aren't able to take a look at these charts, which by the way, you guys can all look at these replays on at com slash investor letter is where all these past monthly updates are held in case you ever want to go back and spot check on something you saw. But the way that it's illustrated, and I think this makes a lot of logical sense is the beginning of the pandemic was a big spike. Impact were the other recessions. It took a lot, a long time, 12 months to develop. Where this COVID 19 recession, in one month, unemployment just shot up. But then, very quickly, I would say, just reading by this chart, six months later, things came down and has been steady on the decline. And on this chart right here, we're already under 5% unemployment. Where all the dot com, the Great Recession, the 1990 recession, it took um. Five years to get to this, five years plus to get to this point where we're at now in terms of unemployment. So some would say the recession is over. I personally don't even call this a recession. It was just a health crisis. Consulting releases apartment rent forecasts, four big trends that they're seeing. First, the boombergs. Suburban apartments were the biggest beneficiaries of the 2020 pandemic with renters looking for more space. Examples would be Austin, Tampa, Phoenix. Next is Brain Towns. These are Demanding college towns to improve in fall as students return to campus. More tertiary markets like Ann Arbor, Boulder, Colorado, Madison. Other beneficiaries are downtowns, which should come in back into play. Of he's saying by 2022, the work from home may have softened demand in urban markets for now, but watch for a back, bounce back in COVID. So they're citing Boston, DC, New York, Miami. And the dependables, the dependable markets are historically stable and steady. They forecast some bumps in the near term, but big opportunities long term, such as places like Minneapolis, Kansas City, and Reno. And from a real high level, what we look at a lot is just strictly population change from a high, high level. And here's a chart from Newmark illustrating where the population growth is. If you look at the tan areas, those are the areas where people are moving out. The blue, the darker blue areas where people are moving in. Now this I stole from a 2021 Rockefeller family office report. A lot of things are going on in this chart, but I just put this in here to show folks that all the wealthy invest, right? They're not just in retail, mutual funds and that type of stuff. But a lot of these guys are in that private equity space, which we really focus on in our group. That's what we kind of call ourselves, private equity. They are the Rockefeller guys, they're probably going to decrease their long-term US treasuries and also decrease their high yield corporate. They're also going to go to more emerging markets and also decrease their US large cap equities. But a big chunk of it is private equity. I think that's my other takeaway from that. And what do they mean by private real estate, a mobile home parks, apartments, office space, things like that. And just to take a little break there. In case you guys haven't noticed, we do have a mastermind group. If you are a credit investor, please check us out slash journey And for those of you guys, I would say under quarter million, half a million dollars net worth, and looking to buy your first remote investor incubator, you guys know that you guys have to get off the active train if you're flipping houses, wholesaling, and you got to get started. But how? You may not have enough money to do syndications quite yet. You may not be a sophisticated investor. So, check out slash turnkey. Great way to get started. That's the free guide. But we are starting to incubate a group, which is a five month boot camp where we walk you through buying your first rental property. And now, we're going to transfer, we're going to go and to my personal report. I always like to split this off into different categories based on the Tony Rahman six human needs more information about that go to simplepassivecashflow.com slash happy because if not what's it all for if you got all the money in the world if you're not happy so the first one here is growth no here's my i'm working on my last burr i don't like burrs at all i i think it's too much risk i think it is a real pain to do i don't think it's a great return on time but I think if you're lower net worth, I think that's where it kind of comes into play. Or in my case, I want to just unload these last two rental properties that I have. So I am actually, I think I put in maybe like 20 or 30 grand into this property. And yeah, we hope to sell it quick, unload it to some retail and uh, buyers and wipe my hands with this direct ownership stuff, unloading the rentals. Woohoo! Contribution? Well, the founding Office Ohana Masterman has been having a lot more uh, new recruits into our group i really enjoy helping out the people there i don't have the time to individually help out folks just in the general hui pipeline club anymore now that we're over 400 i'm getting over maybe 500 investors now who've invested at least 50 grand into a past deal if you guys want family office consulting you probably can't afford that unless you're you're 100 million dollar net worth and above so that's where our family office will hunt a mastermind it's a group it, coaching experience but significance how to get significance i couldn't think of anything so i just told myself the old stoic line no one cares work harder but number four here uncertainty the texas freeze was a bit of uncertainty into my life this week who would have thought right thank goodness some of these places had natural gas but yeah i don't know I, maybe i wasn't reading the headlines too much but some people seem to be really freaked out and i thought there was some kind of like with the whole energy crisis in texas and a lot of our properties is. Business as usual. a couple of days later. But yeah, there's always going to be something that makes people scared and stick to the status quo. If you stay with the status quo, we all know what we're going to get. How did I establish some certainty in my life? That was the report from Hawaii at the same time. Light forecasts of light winds, some more showers as the cold front nears. We got, actually got into the high 70s at the grab a jacket. But in all seriousness, Charlie Munger, he was Warren Buffett's buddy at Brookshaw Hathaway. He always has this famous rule, and he was recently on the news the other day. People, they asked him, well, what's the rule for a happy life? And he says, low expectations. And as I look at my investor group, a lot of you guys are very value-driven folks. First, A lot of first-generation, or actually most first-generation people that value things and experiences and what the value of the dollar is. And you guys can keep it simple, sometimes too simple. I think a lot of you guys can be a little bit too frugal at some times. Some loving connection, Well, we're expecting. I am no longer going to be working 12 hours every single day. Hopefully if everything pans out, I'll be a dad in January, but thank you for all the words of encouragement on my Facebook and LinkedIn. I'm actually going to compile, i going to have my assistant get all the best practices that you guys put on there. A lot of you guys put good tips on my feed. So I'm going to compile that, put it all on the spreadsheet, categorize it. And those of you guys who commented, I'm going to give you guys access to that spreadsheet so that you guys can share it with any fa- friends or family that you guys have. I think that's something I've learned from this investing thing. Everything is out there. We just have to tap it all and There has to be at least somebody. And I guess that's the role I like to play that facilitates the conversations or, or captures everything in a digestible form. If not, there's just a lot of noise out there. There's just a lot of like big pockets and stuff like that of just endless data and knowledge out there. Some fun things I bought, uh, these are doodads. I bought this fried garlic chips from Amazon. It's like pretty cheap, it's 15 bucks for a pound. And what's cool about this is I set this up on subscription. So every like four to six months, it sends me a new one. But I was trying to find a way, I like those garlic chips to fry, but. Unless you fry it perfectly, it it doesn't get burned or it gets moldy after a while. So if you guys like thinking the same way and you guys like to cook, try that out. And I thought I'd splurge from the old Heinz ketchup and get me some Portland ketchup here. Reminds me of my days in the Northwest where we would spend way too much money for GMO-free and gluten-free, vegan-free and organic, by the way. But yeah, nothing in this presentation was considered legal or think for yourself, guys. Just think for yourselves. Thank you, everybody. And if you guys haven't, make sure you sign up for the Huido Pipeline Club to get sent the same deals I come across. The Hudo Pipeline Club is a free investor club where I filter investments, and underwrite the deals and um, partners. And a lot of times operate it myself. Unlike in other investor links and groups, my investors know I kind of have personal skin in the game. If you would like to join, go to simplepassivecashflow.com slash club, and we'll see you guys next time.